Hello and welcome to Where Am I To Go? Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I have always so far talked about places that I'm going to or places that I find interesting. And I try to find interesting places to talk about, things that maybe you haven't seen or didn't know about and might be worth your time to visit. But I was talking with a friend of mine here oh a couple of days ago and we were talking about how we travel and and him and i had something in common in that when we travel we always have an end destination but we don't so much schedule the trip there we kind of allow things to happen as they happen and take advantage of situations and we both realize that some of the best things that have ever happened to us while traveling were spontaneous and off the cuff and just happened and those are the memories that uh, i'd like to talk a little bit about today one time i was going across utah and as i was going across utah we were crossing right by the bonneville salt flats and i told my wife i said you know i'd really like to go on out and see where the blue flame ran we were on our way to Nevada and it was out of the way, but it was only going to take five minutes, right? So we turned off and there was a bunch of cars out there. And I said, huh, I wonder what's going on. And we get up there and here's a guy standing out there wanting $5 from me. And I said, well, what do, you, what do we need $5 to go out and look at the salt flats for? And he says, well, it's land speed week. I was so surprised. We ended up going out and watching cars race at over 300 miles an hour. We were able to walk up and down through the pits and see cars that were built and talk to the builders. We spent probably five, six hours walking and looking at cars, watching cars run, and had probably the best part of the whole trip. We did continue on to Nevada to help my brother work on his house and we continued on out to Oregon coast and and did some other things but to me the highlight of the trip was that surprise visit to the Bonneville salt flats another time we were cruising down to New Mexico and we got down into Alamosa Colorado and a very unfortunate thing happened in that my timing chain went out on my motorhome that I was driving we were able to get into a Napa auto parts store about 4.55. They closed at 5. They happened to have the parts that we needed. And we spent the night changing the timing chain on our motorhome. thing that was kind of fun about that is cop shows up in the parking lot to see what's going on about 11 o'clock at night. And decided he was going to help us out. We ended up having a very nice conversation and and a very nice evening actually changing a timing chain in a parking lot and visiting with the cop that was there and and he was very helpful another time i was cruising across new mexico it was late at night i was so tired i couldn't hardly keep my eyes open 
And we decided we'd go ahead and pull off on what we hoped was some public land. So we made a right-hand turn and went across a couple of sets of railroad tracks and finally got to a nice place that we thought we could pull off. We were maybe a quarter mile off the highway. We went ahead and got ourselves all ready and went to sleep and had a pretty good night's sleep. Next morning, I get up and I go to let the dog out to go to the bathroom. And I stepped out of the motorhome after opening the door and I could not believe my eyes. I was sitting right underneath a great big satellite dish, probably the biggest satellite dish I've ever seen. And it wasn't just one. They were everywhere. We were in the middle of what they call the very large array. They send radio signals out into the universe or orbit or wherever, and they record the sounds coming back, and that way they can map what the other planets or other masses in the sky are made of. It was a total shock. If you've ever seen the movie Contact, then you know what I'm talking about with the size of these satellite dishes. They're so heavy that they have to be run on railroad tracks in order to move them, and they move extremely slowly. It was a really nice little museum they had, and of course, we were laughing the whole time we were there. So what did you hear in the motorhome that was parked in amongst your satellite dishes last night? I'm really kind of surprised I didn't get arrested. Another time I was out in Portland, Oregon, and we decided, just for the heck of it, to ride the Max train and the TriMet bus. We were wanting to go to several places there, one of them being Powell Books, the other one being OMSI, the other one being the zoo. And we decided that maybe mass transit was going to be a fun way to travel. Everybody on the on the bus and on the train just kind of sat there with a gloomy look on their face, uh, putting up with the morning travel. And the thing I discovered is if you just start talking to people, all of a sudden we had everybody in the bus. I'd say, so I'm going to go to OMSI, which is the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. I said, I'm going to go to OMSI. What's the best way to get there? What trains do I need to catch? What buses do I need to catch? And there'd be a lively conversation amongst everybody on the whole bus or train telling me how I needed to get off on this bus and catch this bus. And the best way to catch it would be to run down two blocks and and over another couple. And that one there would take you straight on in. And, and the discussion amongst everybody was really quite humorous. And we all had a great time. They just needed somebody to break the ice. And... I guess I did that because it was a pretty enjoyable ride for me, and I think everybody else enjoyed it too. It's things like that that, that make the memories while you're traveling and, and help you to have good memories and not be rushed. Another time I was cruising along I-10 down in southern Arizona, and I came across, we were just coming into the... Uh, Texas, we'd gone through El Paso, and we came across a sign that said McDonald Observatory. Now, being a listener of NPR, National Public Radio, they have something called Stardate every morning, and McDonald Observatory is a sponsor. So we decided, well, we're not in that big a hurry. Let's go ahead and go hit the McDonald Observatory, see what that's all about. 
we turned off the highway, drove on down to the observatory, but on the way, we saw another sign that said Fort Jefferson Davis. And we decided to go see that before we went to the observatory. What a wonderful place Fort Jefferson Davis was. It was built in about 1854, and it was a fort that had mostly buffalo soldiers there, which is what they called the black soldiers. And it's still very well preserved. There's a lot of buildings there that have been restored. And the grounds were very nice, and everything was, was really cool. And it's in a beautiful part of Texas. I didn't know Texas had that kind of country. And then the ride up to McDonald Observatory, of course, was absolutely uh, breathtaking also. And the observatory had a really nice museum and really nice grounds and was a lot of fun to go see. Another time, we were cruising through Louisiana on our way to Mardi Gras. And Mardi Gras was about two days away. We're driving through this little tiny town and decided we were going to have breakfast. And every place seemed to be closed, but people were going in and out of this one restaurant. And it had a closed sign on it, but we decided we'd just go on up and ask the people, you know, are they serving breakfast here or what's going on? They said, well, we normally don't eat breakfast here. It's a lunch place, but... Today they're serving breakfast because we're having a Mardi Gras get-together before we have our parade in this small town. They said, why don't you go on in and see if they'll serve you breakfast? So we went in and we asked if they would be willing to give us some breakfast. We were a little bit hungry and they said, well, yeah, I guess we could do that. So they brought us out a super nice breakfast and the people there, all dressed in Mardi Gras costume, getting ready for their parade, thought that we were celebrities is the way I felt. I mean, people from Wyoming driving down to Louisiana, stopping in their small town, just coming on in and eating breakfast. We had a great breakfast, had a great discussion. We got fed king cake uh, on the house. It was really a lot of fun. We had a great time with those people. And one of those memories that I'll probably not ever forget. Another time we were coming through Independence, Missouri, and we stopped at a little place to get something to eat, and then we went to uh, the Oregon Trail Museum, because that's where the head of the Oregon Trail was, and we asked both of those people about what kind of other things there was to do in, in Independence, and they both suggested we go to the Hare Museum. I'm thinking, hair museum? What in the world is a hair museum? And why would that be so interesting? So we decided that we'd just go ahead and take the few extra minutes to go visit the hair museum. The girlfriend and I, we both decided that uh, we weren't going to pay more than about $10 to get in to see a bunch of hair. Walked into the lobby, and it was the most amazing museum I think I've ever seen. They had hair wreaths where they would take hair from people and make things like flowers and petals and acorns and whatever and make wreaths out of them. We were so fascinated in the lobby that we decided to spend the next hour and a half in the back room after paying $15 a person, which was well worth the money, to go see this collection of hair wreaths and hair art. 
just absolutely amazing. We'd have never found that had we not just taken our time and decided we were going to see some things along the way. Another time we were driving through southern Utah, just cruising along, having a good time, and we saw a sign that said Horseshoe Bend. What in the world's Horseshoe Bend? So we decided to pull in and take a look at that, just outside of Kanab, Utah. We had to walk, I think it was two miles back up to where you could overlook this bend. And there was a beautiful bend in the river that was down below the bluff that we were overlooking uh, from. And the water was beautiful, the scenery was beautiful, and it was such a neat sight. And so thankful that I took the time to be able to pull off and go see that. It's not something I would have ever scheduled if I had a scheduled trip. And then just this last winter, we went down to Mardi Gras again. And on our way back, we went through Tucson, Arizona. We were going to the Steampunk Festival. And as we were going through Tucson, we were thinking about what there might be to do. And so we looked up on Google and we found a miniature museum. And I thought, a miniature museum? They advertised that they had some dollhouse type stuff and, and other miniature things. And I'm thinking, ah, that doesn't really sound all that good. But my co-traveler, Linda, she said, let's, let's go check that out. That sounds interesting to me. So she kind of drugged me into the miniature museum. And boy, wasn't I surprised. That was the most amazing little museum uh, miniature museum, little museum, ha ha ha. But it was the most amazing miniature museum. And they had all kinds of things that looked like dollhouses. But the detail and the work and the things that were there were just outrageously amazing. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. And I, I mean, everything from little magazines on on little nightstands that you could actually read the lettering and the date, even though it was super small. They had a horse that was carved on the end of a pencil. They had scenes painted on pennies. That's, I don't know how these people can make these things so small, so miniature, and so detailed. And I think at the end, I ended up enjoying that actually more than what Linda did. Another time we were going through eastern Arizona, coming on our way home, we were thinking about maybe hitting Grand Canyon National Park. And we had two or three people suggest, you need to go to Oatman, Arizona. There's mules there, or donkeys. And we thought, okay, yeah, donkeys might be kind of fun to go see. So we pulled on in, and before we even got into town, there was a donkey standing on the side of the road, so we stopped to take his picture. And that doggone donkey stuck his head in through the window and wanted to be petted. Actually, I think he wanted some treats. But we gave him a good petting, and then we headed on into town. When we got into town, it was the most interesting place because there were donkeys everywhere. And the people there were super friendly, and they knew the history of every single donkey as far as genealogy, where it came from, when it was born, uh, the whole history of, of every donkey four generations back. 
It was a fun little town, a fun little touristy town, lots of little uh, gift shops and that type of stuff. But it was just a really fun place to have been and a fun place to go. Highly recommended. You know, as I think about it, I think I've had so many great memories on these trips that I've taken over the years with my family. And my kids, we homeschooled. And we would always take trips in the early fall, usually around October, end of September. And we would never run into many people at the national parks or at the touristy places. And we always had a good time, but we never really put ourselves on a tight schedule. We just kind of knew where we were headed, had a destination in point and point to be at whether it was a relative's house or we wanted to see the Oregon coast or we wanted to see some of New Mexico or Arizona or wherever. And we would always allow ourselves the ability to travel 50 miles a day or 450 miles a day. And we would always try and see what there was to see along the way. And I've run into so many opportunities that so many travelers don't have that ha are destination minded and only want to be from here to there. And like I was saying at the beginning, I was talking with this friend and we were both laughing at some of the different experiences that we've had just being on the destination point, but no time frame point. And you can do that whether you, you do have a time frame, you know, you've got a week to travel, but it's good to allow yourself the ability to see a museum and decide you want to stop in. See a natural site and decide you want to stop in. There's so many things out there along the way that the journey is usually more fun than actually arriving at the destination. So I just wanted to share my philosophy of travel and some different things that have happened to me on the road. Uh, I'd like to be traveling full time. That is not a reality for me at this point in time because of financial restraints, but I'm hoping that at some point in time, it is a reality. I'm hoping you guys enjoy the rides that we go on and the places that I'm able to take you to and the things that we're able to see. And I hope that you'll stick with me and keep on listening and just in closing, I've always kind of had a favorite artist singing-wise, which is C.W. McCall. You probably all know him best by the song Convoy that was popular in the 70s and still seems to be used quite a bit in different commercials or movies or whatever. And you hear it on the radio, uh, on the country stations somewhat. But he had a song called Aurora Borealis, where he's talking about memories that he's had. And at the end of the song, he says, memories are like starlight. They go on forever. I've always tried to live by that, thinking that the best way to finish my life is to be able to have a good collection of memories and things to rely on. And the best way to associate with my kids and my friends and all of that is the memories that we've built.
And that's what life is really all about, is the journey. Not getting from point A to point B, but all the fun you can have in the middle. All the rolling go, where am I to go? Meet Johnny, where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go?